0: Well, amen. It's good to be here this evening. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number six. I've got some questions I need to ask for those history buffs. How many history majors do we have here? Any? Oh, well, then there's no need for me to ask any questions. (laughs) Uh, what president served four consecutive times? Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Somebody knows. What'd you do? Look it up on? (laughs) Roosevelt. So, you know him? (laughs) You know, he, uh, he was elected uh, four major times and he only, on his last term, he served just one year, had a stroke and died. So <clears throat> he had a, a house here in Georgia. You Georgians should know that. And it's the Little White House. It's now uh, State Park. But at least he, when he was in his uh uh, presidency he had what he called uh, fireside chats. Did anybody know the fireside chats that he had? You have to be old enough to know that <clears throat> and he would uh, sit by the fire and uh, just uh, it was broadcast over the radio, and he would just chat about different things so they're just us here this evening so I thought maybe we could have a fireside chat this evening and uh, you have to put on your imagination and uh, vision that there's a fire but that's going to be difficult because we've got the air conditioning on <laughs> so you have to really uh, put on your imagination amen There's some things that I've learned over the years. Uh, I don't always practice them, but I've learned them. But um, one of the things that I have learned is uh, found in Psalm 127 and verse number one. That Psalm says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Actually, what that really is emphasizing is that it doesn't matter what we say or what we do, if the Lord's not in it, it's just vain. It's vain jangling, it's vain practice. Uh, there's no worth to it, uh, the Scriptures emphasize. And uh, the second part of that verse says, if, except the Lord uh, keep the city, uh, the watchman waketh but in vain. So we do need the Lord in our life and in our practice and the things that we do and the things that we say uh, certainly ought to be governed by the Lord in our life. Would you agree with that? And uh, so Uh, I learned that I need to depend upon the Lord. And uh, certainly, all of us do. Then I learned something else down through the years that why worry? You know, worry uh, is futile. It's it's worthless, and uh, it will do you no good. And so, why worry? Uh, any of you do any worrying? No. You know, I've got two points to my, my outline this evening. One is, why worry? And if, if you acknowledge that you worry, that, that point's for you. But the second point is, why lie? <laughs> and that point is for you. So... <laughs> <clears throat> so as we consider this evening uh, some things that I, that I have learned did you know worry has a family it has a family tree and uh, one of the uh, offsprings of the, of the family of worry is uncontentment now uncontentment Is not a word, but not being content is what that means. So if if you're not content, then you are akin to worry. And you know there a lot of people are just not satisfied with the way they look. (laughs) I looked in the mirror today, and I recognized I could need some help. So, but there are people that are not satisfied with how they look how they are but did you know God made you like you are and certainly we ought to be satisfied now if we're overweight like I am uh, then I shouldn't be satisfied with that that's not God's fault but God made me like I am and I should be satisfied with how God made me you know Some people are not satisfied with what they have. They're always looking for something else. And so contentment is is a very important commodity in our life as a Christian. We should be content with what the Lord has provided us, what the Lord is, is doing in our life, where we live, what we have, you know, some people are not satisfied with, with their car. They, they want a car that, with the doors that open like this. Does <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah. anybody uh, in the congregation have a car like that? <laughs> 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 so if you're not satisfied with what you have, Uh, then you are in a position, you're akin to worry. Then uh, another uh, part of the worry family is fretting. You ever fret? You know, I think sometimes, sometimes we do. We look at people that are doing things that you consider to be wrong and you fret over it and wonder why God allows that. Have you ever done that? You, you think God ought to bring lightning out of heaven and strike them because they're doing wrong? That's fretting. Then another part of the family is apprehension. Have you ever experienced apprehension? You say, what's apprehension? That's a big word. But apprehension is expecting something bad to happen out of a situation that has come into your life. You're expecting something bad to happen tomorrow (laughs) or thereafter. That's apprehension. Have you ever done that? I think all of us have been in those boats. Then, not only is apprehension uh, not being content, fretting, but another part of the family is anxiety. I think anxiety is probably one of the one of the key people in the family of worry, anxiety. Do you ever get anxious? You know, the scriptures emphasize that we uh, should not be, be anxious. And in uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, it says, Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So, as we see the worry family, can you identify with the worry family? You know, we've all been there. And... I'm sure that perhaps tomorrow we'll visit there again. But God emphasizes that that we should not worry. And uh, as we look at uh, Matthew chapter 6, our text, uh, the scripture certainly emphasized this, this truth. Did you know that worry is a big robber? And worry will rob you of God's blessings, of God's benefits, of God's uh, riches upon your life. Worry is a big robber. And as we look at the scriptures, the scriptures certainly emphasize that, that worry is a sin. Now, you say worry is not even in the Bible. Well, it isn't. The word worry is not in the Bible. And uh, because it isn't in the Bible, we shouldn't be doing it. If it's not there, we shouldn't be doing it, right? I mean, if we claim the Bible is our guidebook, if worry's not in it, why should we do it? So, uh, worry's a, a big robber. The songwriter uh, put it like this Why worry when you can pray? Trust Jesus and He'll be your stay. Don't be a doubting Thomas. Rest upon His promise. Why worry, 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 worry when you can pray? so the scriptures certainly emphasize it's it's wrong to worry but you know we tend to do that sometimes but worry is a robber and it will rob you of different things in your life as we look at uh, Matthew chapter number 6 look at verse number 25 it says therefore and Dr. Childs will tell you that as he taught in uh, college, that when you saw that word, therefore, you need to look and see what it's there for. So what is it there for? Well, it reversed back up to verse number 24 at least. Notice what verse 24 says. Now no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So verse number 25 tells us the robber of worry. Notice what 25 says. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, for what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. It is not, uh, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. So as we look at verse number 25, it says that worry is being inconsistent. Worry is being inconsistent. Verse number 24 tells us the inconsistency that that we uh, perhaps could go through if we are uh, worrying. It says we cannot serve two masters at the same time. Now that's inconsistent, isn't it? And so when we worry, we are uh, classified as, as a person that is inconsistent. And certainly the Bible teaches us that we ought to be stable Christians. Uh, we shouldn't be double-minded. And so the Bible emphasizes that that we shouldn't be an inconsistent Christian. God ought to be able to depend upon us. And uh, not only... Uh, should God depend upon us, but we ought to be able to depend upon each other. And so we have to be a consistent Christian. And so worry is being inconsistent and it robs us of purpose. You can't serve two masters. Our purpose is to glorify God and so if we're inconsistent, we're certainly not glorifying God. Uh, and that is the purpose of our life as a Christian, to glorify God through our good works, through our uh, service, uh, through our behavior. Uh, we, we ought to glorify God with our life. God ought to uh, manifest our whole life. And so if if we're worrying, we're inconsistent, and it robs us of purpose. And as we consider then uh, verse number uh, 26, the Scripture says in verse number 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them, are you not much better than they? So <clears throat> as we look at this particular scripture, it certainly emphasizes the truth that <clears throat> if we worry, then the worrying is being irregular. And <clears throat> uh, excuse me, it's uh, irrational, not reasonable. Notice what uh, the scripture says. That God feeds the fowls of the air. Uh, They neither sow nor reap. They don't gather into barns. And yet the Father takes care of them. And then he says, are ye not better than they? So, irrational. You know, sometimes in our thinking, we don't think right. We're irrational in our thinking. When things come into our life, you know, God's going to take care of it. And we try to reason things how it's going to be taken care of, but God's got it under control. He's got the answer to your dilemmas. He's got the answer to your uh, problems. Uh, So don't be irrational in your thinking. Are ye not much better than the other creations that God has created? In other words, what God is saying, you're, you're special. And I'm going to take care of you. So why worry? God's going to take care of us. Then we notice down in, in verse number uh, 27. It says, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? So, <clears throat> when we uh, look at verse number 27, it emphasizes the truth that worrying renders you ineffective. Ineffective. You, you know, it says you can't add to your stature. And so why, why try to add to your stature? You, you can't do it. It's, it's just uh, ineffective. It's uh, useless to even try to add to. So if a problem comes into our life, why, why try to solve it? You know, the Bible emphasizes that we are to cast our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. He's going to take care of the problems that we have that come into our life. And so why try to solve them? Just turn them over to the Lord. Uh, He'll do a better job at solving the problem than than we could anyway. And so uh, the scriptures certainly emphasize that uh, we can't do anything about situations that come into our life. And we just need to turn uh, it over to God. And so, <clears throat> what does that worry rob us of? Well, when you're ineffective, it robs you of peace. And <clears throat> so, uh, the scriptures certainly emphasize that. That being ineffective, we do not have peace. Uh, Did I mention the last one? uh, Worry being uh, irrational. It robs you of power. Being irrational uh, robs you of power. You see, I'm not used to (laughs) speaking, (laughs) preaching, whatever. (laughs) So... Then we notice uh, in verse number uh, 28, it says, And why take ye thought for uh, raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they uh, spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these." Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith, So we see the scriptures emphasize here that if we worry as it Emphasizes here, uh, taking no thought, it says, why take ye thought for raiment, consider the lilies. And so that is uh, an emphasis there that that God has so clothed the lilies, the grass. uh, He's going to take care of you. And he's going to provide for you. And so why worry about those things? And when you think about that, worrying is being illogical. Worrying is being illogical. God's going to take care of you. And so when you stop and consider uh, these uh, particular aspects, worrying about what you're going to wear, uh, About anything, any need that you have, worrying about it, it's going to rob you of your physical well-being. You know, the uh, statistics say that worry is probably one of the biggest physical problems that people have. It creates physical ailments. And so uh, the Bible certainly emphasizes that, that we should not worry if for no other reason for our health. We shouldn't worry. So worry really, when you stop and consider worry, it's really a sin. Well, what's the antidote? That's a good question. Well, drop down to verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And then it goes on even further to say... After it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, then what does it say? Take no thought. It says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So what is the antidote? Well, we need to live for today because tomorrow's not here. And tomorrow, in essence, really never comes. It's always tomorrow. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things. All of what? All of what you need. So, my question tonight is, why worry? Worry is a big robber. Worry is going to rob you of purpose, Going to rob you of power. It's going to rob you of health. It's a waste of time, a waste of energy to worry. So, in our little chat this evening, has it been helpful to you to discover? Not to worry. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the opportunity that we have of serving you with our life. Father, I pray that you would bless the invitation time. Lord, I know that you desire the best for our life. And you have provided all that we will ever need. It's within your power. Lord, help us to depend upon you. Help us to trust you. When situations and circumstances come into our life, help us to cast them at your feet and depend upon you to take care of the situation. In Jesus' name, amen.